Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It is a majestic Monday for everybody, except Manchester United fans like the suck bag next to me. What's up, everybody? This is the Touchline Band Podcast. As always, I am your host, Leo, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the saddest United fan of them all. What's up, Brian? Yeah, it was pretty tough. Won't lie. Uh, worst loss in 90 some odd years. Uh, you know, definitely... Definitely all bad. I mean, there are some good takeaways. I feel like United need a little, needed a little bit of a punch in the mouth because, I mean, the fandom especially, but also you could see it in the players and their social media. Like, they were kind of about themselves in a way that's like, I mean, yeah, I care about Cup, but, like, you haven't earned shit yet. Like, let's, let's keep this momentum going. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And we definitely were, and uh, we took our foot off the gas, and Liverpool made us pay. Now, that does not excuse 7-0. Losing 2-0, losing 3-0 you can excuse is just a bad day at the office, bad loss, but seven nil is something different. It, it hits to the core because it fuels the fire for all Liverpool fans and deservedly. So, I mean, you, you let seven goals in and don't reply. Those fans have a right to give us as much shit as they can. And, and at the end of the day, like it hurts and it doesn't matter that we're above them in the table. It doesn't matter that we have a trophy and they don't, 7-0 is a crushing, crushing defeat to your biggest rival. And also it, it kind of shows a little bit of a larger problem. I mean, you know, away from home, United led in seven at Anfield, led in six at the Etihad, led in three at the Emirates. You know, that's definitely not good. And those are three of the better teams in the competition. Now, against everyone else, with the exclusion of Brentford, obviously, um, you know, it hasn't been as bad. But it definitely shows that we have a long way to go. Uh, I think the people saying Ten Hag out are fucking mental. Like, I I don't know what they're seeing versus what we've thing. had the past 10 years, but what Ten Hag is doing is fantastic. And I think we needed this kind of like taken back a step or two. We needed to be shown that we're not a finished product yet. We have so many players that we need to bring in. You look at the subs Ten Hag made yesterday, and we just have no depth on the bench. Couldn't bring anybody in that affected the game. It just made it worse. But I do blame the players because... As much as you can blame the manager, a 7-0 loss is definitely on him uh, just as much. But the players just gave up. You saw heads go down at 3-0. You saw them stop trying. You saw them start kicking out at players. They just lost the plot. It was embarrassing. It's a really tough defeat and uh, a lot of work to be done over the next few weeks to end the, or excuse me, few months to end the season positively. Yeah, I got a few thoughts on this game. Uh, first of all, losing 7-0, ridiculous. Should yep. never happen. Um my favorite part of the game, though, was once, I think it was 4-0, it started with the Liverpool mm. fans chanting, we want five, 
We yeah. want five. They get five. We six. want six. We want dude. That was my favorite part of the game. I found that to be absolutely hilarious. I'm extremely happy for Jurgen Klopp, though. I think he's gotten a lot of stick over the last year. Um, just because of the way his team performed it. Once again, it's on management. I love the plane that flew over the stadium that said Fenway Sports Group out, Klopp in. 100% correct. Props to you guys. Again, I was just happy for Klopp. Um, but I got a bone to pick with you because we were talking oh. Saturday during the Arsenal game and you were telling me, you're like, I would love to get behind this Arsenal team, but they all complain like little babies. Uh, that's pretty yeah. much what you said, right? Well, well I just said it's a, it's a tough way to watch a team that's flying so high is just like the dive and cry. It's like whether they're playing Brentford, whether they're playing City, doesn't matter. That's just the way they play every game, whether they're in front, whether they're behind. It's just, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to push back on you because yesterday, while you guys were getting your booty cheeks clapped by Liverpool, your biggest rivals, Anthony's sitting there. He's crying like a little bitch. Bruno yep. Fernandes was such a crying little baby the entire game. Absolutely. I mean, he was down 4-0. He's sitting there crying about a goal kick that should have been a foul, and he went, 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 went to the fourth official. Yesterday, your entire team was bitching, complaining. You lost your composure. I would like you to apologize to Arsenal fans immediately. No, hard pass. I don't give a fuck. First of all, all right, 7-0, like once you start losing it bad and you realize that it's going bad, you get emotional, you get in your feels, you start being a little bitch. Like it happens. Everyone has done it. Everybody continues to do it. But I'm not going to apologize to an Arsenal club who like you're you're struggling to beat Bournemouth and you're complaining when you're too like it's just I'm I'm of the opinion that United had a really bad day that is going to be just one of the worst things to have to deal with for a long time because we haven't won at Anfield in over seven years. You know, like we have a lot of shit to work on. But in general, like game to game, that's not the way we play. And I think you see that, oh, all of a sudden we're starting to bitch. We're not tracking back. We're complaining about every decision. And what happens? We lose 7-0. When we don't do that, we fucking win. Arsenal does that every game, win or lose. It doesn't matter. I don't apologize for a style of play that I hate watching. It's not like I enjoyed watching Manchester United yesterday. It was a fucking absolute train wreck. But I'm not going to apologize to a bunch of fucking crybabies when they're at the top of the league. What, what, like, what do I have to apologize for? Let's talk about it because they were down to nothing. They show a lot of fight back, a lot of resilience. Absolutely. Credit to us for absolutely nailing that game, both of us. Um I think I told you, like, I would have loved to lose both of those bets. I took yeah. plus half a goal um, right before they scored that first goal, and I took a money line at plus 880. Mm. I would have loved to have so lost good. those bets. Uh, I was actually quite pissed that I cashed that 880. <laughs> but Arsenal currently five points ahead, 12 games. It feels like people are starting to give them the title, which is insane to me. Mm. It is insane considering the schedule they have. They still have to come to Manchester City. And if we know anything about Manchester Manchester City, it's that we are perfectly capable of running off 12 straight. I mean, we did it against a tremendous Liverpool team. Never mind these guys that uh, we should be expecting to lose the league. Okay. The fact that we are starting to give the league to Arsenal is insane to me. And that's not to say that they're not going to win the league. It's very possible. But these people that are telling me, oh, that's it. That was that was the moment. That was the moment against 20th place Bournemouth, the worst team in the Prem, winning at home. That's the moment that we are going to crown Arsenal the champions with 12 games left when they still have to come to us. Y'all need to take it down a notch. 
Yeah, I think that uh, I definitely personally believe that this was a title decider game because of a few reasons. One, not just because they're continuing to run, but you always say that whether you like watching them or not, you got to be able to win pretty. You got to be able to win ugly. You got to be able to come from behind. You got to be able to stay out in front. You have to win all sorts of different ways. And Arsenal have shown that resilience multiple times this season. Uh, But also what really puts me on the camp of Arsenal are going to take this thing down is that the city side that I see right behind them, I don't see them rattling off more wins than Arsenal. Arsenal have a far easier schedule. They have the Europa League, which I doubt is their concern, whereas City has the Champions League, which should be their only concern. Because what like what are you trying to win the league for? You don't need it. You know, like you've won it back to back. You have, you know, a Champions League possibility. Your window is closing because your team is getting old and worse. You can't say that this team this year is better than last year's. I'm sorry. Let me just cut you off for a second because you brought something up that that has been starting to itch at me the last couple of weeks. Mm. I don't think I brought it up on the show. Uh, For a while, we were talking kind of tongue-in-cheek about Manchester United winning the quadruple, right? Nobody actually believed that winning the quadruple. We were all saying it jokingly, and everybody's been saying it jokingly. Manchester City have a legitimate chance to win the treble, like a legitimate chance to win the treble. Yeah. Not a single person has talked about it. I think it's because nobody believes that you will because, again, you're not showing the dominance that's been there in the past in a way that people are like, right, that means you'll easily be able to sweep by Manchester United in the FA Cup. That means you'll easily be able to sweep by all your opponents, be it Bayern Munich, be it Real Madrid, whoever in the Champions League. And you'll easily be able to win more games than Arsenal who have a far easier schedule than you. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that the likelihood of you getting all three when in all three competitions, you're kind of like not a clear front favorite. Like I would say the FA cup by far, you're, okay. you know, considered the most favorite, but beyond that, like, do I trust Manchester city to just have no problem with Munich or Real Madrid or PSG or whoever? Absolutely not. Well, let me also bring this up because you're mentioning that Arsenal have a far easier schedule than we do. Let me just rattle off the games that Manchester city has left okay. away at palace. That's a win. Games that we should win. I know, I know. Palace is usually the pain. No, no, I, I know what you're saying. I'm going to say it's a win, too. And Fulham. Yeah. yeah, all right. At home against Liverpool, tough game. A game we should win, though. A game that we are better than Liverpool. Yep. Okay? Uh, so I'm going to chalk that up as a win because it's at home. Southampton away, that's a win for us. That's Leicester at home, that's a win. Brighton away, should be a win. Um, Then you have Arsenal coming to the Etihad. That should be a win. That's the biggest game of the year right there. That's the title decider. That's yeah, that'll probably be pretty close to. Yeah. Okay. Then it's away at Fulham. It's home at, to Leeds. It's away at Everton. It's home to Chelsea, who are an abomination. And Brentford. How many points is Manchester City dropping? Because I'm going to tell you, the most points that I see Manchester City dropping for the rest of the season is four. <laughs> four points the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. That's amazing. Where are they going to drop more than four, four points? Four in 15 games, you 12 think? 12 games. 12 games. They're going to drop 12 four games. Points. Holy shit. Uh, Where are they going to think... drop more than that? And I'm being nice, and I'm giving Liverpool a point. I'm giving Liverpool a point, and I genuinely think that we win that game. Where yeah. where are we going to drop more than four points on this schedule? Again, I think, Brent, I think if, you're, if you're looking at it like that, 
Absolutely. But you're not taking into account, like if you make a UCL run, if you make a FA cup run here, you're going to have more games in between those that'll tire you out. If you get further in the UCL, you're going to start resting players in the league against a Fulham against a, you know, Leeds, and it could turn into a negative result. I don't know. I'm just saying like, I think that you have a much harder path to the Prem than Arsenal does. You have a much harder path to the UCL final than other clubs do. For example, Real Madrid, who are not focused on winning La Liga. It's just not something they're concerned with, right? The Copa del Rey, they just lost to, you know, fucking Barcelona there. Like, their one singular focus is going to be on the Champions League. You have Manchester United, who just embarrassed themselves, got their pants pulled down and spanked in front of the whole goddamn world. They're going to be focused on, you know, winning the FA Cup as well. I just think that you have three different competitions where there's no easy path. And one of them being the title, you're coming up against a side who like, that will be their sole focus. Like yeah, they don't give a shit about focus, Europa look, League. Look at this, look at the schedule that they have. I'm looking at it. You have Fulham win. Fulham away. Palace win. Fulham Leeds, away is not an easy. Win. Fulham away is not an easy game. Okay. It's a Derby game. Fulham's going to be ready to go. And Fulham's been pretty damn good this year. I'm not expecting Arsenal to get three points. I think Arsenal are going to drop two there. Palace, sure, they should win. Leeds, they should win. Away at Anfield, hey, we saw that how that went for you guys. That ain't going to be an easy game. That could very easily be a draw or a Liverpool win. Uh, furthermore, keep going down. You have to go to West Ham. At some point, West Ham is going to get desperate and probably wake up. I think bro, bro you've been talking to me how you think they're going to get relegated. You can't all no, of a sudden say for your own narrative, like, yeah, oh, my God, West Ham, they're going to get good all of a sudden. No, West Ham's going to wake up at some point. They have to wake up at some point. No, they don't. David Moyes is a terrible manager. They have absolutely oh, have no bias. striking prowess. Anyway, City keep going. Keep City going. City are winning the trouble. No, City are winning the trouble. That's it. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, you know, in order to do that, you got to win the Champions League, and you guys are bottlers at that. So uh-huh. have fun. Don't, don't be a dick. I'm not being a dick. I'm just telling you I'm how it's gone. Everything. Have you ever won it? Have you ever won it? No. no. Well, you, you know what? There's a first time for everything. All right, buddy. Yeah, like getting beat 7-0 at Anfield. Yeah, that's got that it. That, that was a good first time. That one hurt. You know, like, and all this, all the, I can't stand the hate. Like, it's it's a crushing defeat and, like, super embarrassing. I feel really bad for the fans because, like, I watched every minute of that game, didn't turn it off because I just, like, had to see it. You know, when it's, like, that kind of, like, morbid feeling of, like, just fucking keep pouring on the dirt in my grave. But, like, <laughs> you look at that and you look at, Look at Klopp's first season, right? 22 wins, no trophies, fine, whatever. Ten Hogs first season already at 30 wins, already has a trophy, two other possible ones. It's just like this is a massive fucking awful thing to happen, but like to think that oh yes, we need to now get rid of Ten Hag is like I just people are so fucking I don't stupid. think anybody's saying that with any type of serious. It's literally trending on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's a cesspool. I'm just Twitter, saying. That's what Twitter I, sucks. But, Everybody on Twitter sucks. Think, but what do you think these players are seeing? They're all over social media. Like this is this is my point. Like they should be embarrassed. But like the idea that we're gonna turn our backs on them for one fucking loss when we've been horrible against Liverpool the last fucking decade. It feels like I don't know. I'm just like I'm very triggered because I'm behind Ten Hag and the rest of our squad for the rest of the year we need more players obviously but that'll happen in the summer it's not going to happen now so got to get behind him as is there you go 
Uh, listen, you talked about the trophy that we've never won that we're about to win this year. So let's talk about it. Yeah, Big you got to get by Leipzig first. Hey, we're going to take care of business next week. We'll talk about that on Friday. All right, buddy. Uh, but let's talk about what we got going on in Champions League yeah. this week. Obviously, got some good games. games. Uh, Benfica, I don't want to spend too much time on this. They were both our dark horse. We had tickets locked in 25 yep. to 1. Brilliant performance in leg one. They've been excellent in Liga Noche. I have no reason to believe that Club Brugge can keep this competitive. I don't have any type of wager on this game. Just enjoy Benfica getting through, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, I so I've been going back and forth in my head, and I've ended up placing a bet because I just think that it's worth it to me. But this is knockout. Like, they're, they're leading on aggregate 2-0. Brugge have to send everyone they can forward and Benfica will be very happy to just sit back and counter. Uh, they're not going to play into the corner from the first minute. They'll do that towards the end of the game. So I think that there could be uh, a win for Benfica just by nature of the fact that Bruges will be putting so much emphasis on their attacking front and their defense is going to be left open. So I think it's worth uh, putting Benfica in a parlay that I like um, just on the money line, nothing fancy, uh, but it's a, a solid parlay with good odds to me that I'm excited about. Ooh, we're going to talk about that later, so make sure y'all stick around because uh, we damn near cashed some big-time parlays last weekend. Uh, thanks for your shitheads. Losing 7 nothing cost me my 11-1, to but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, listen, this is a game that I think we're both kind of excited to talk about. Chelsea, Dortmund. Um, Dortmund are somehow keeping pace with Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, and then you have Chelsea, who absolutely positively blow. I have fun stats for you about Chelsea later, later in the program as well. We're going to play a little game. Uh, do you see Chelsea getting through this game? Nope. <laughs> nope. I've already, I've already put a bet in on Borussia Dortmund at plus three hundred. That's just a ridiculous number for when you look at oh to win outright. play huh to win it outright yeah on the money line i love it Ooh. because again with that goal already in hand you have chelsea has to push and their defense is shocking tiago silva's out like i a two nil win at the weekend against a fucking lead squad one does not pardon one nil one nil excuse me does not inspire much like hope for me that Chelsea has suddenly turned it around and are going to be able to come out here and beat Dortmund at home. I, I just think that this is a spot where, yeah, Chelsea could win, I guess, or they could draw, but plus 300 on a team that is as good, if not better than Chelsea has been scoring more goals than Chelsea and proved in the last leg that they can get it done. I mean, if you watch that game against Chelsea in the last leg, they should have had more goals than that. I think that this is going to be one that they get up for to put a little bit of a exclamation mark on the win. And also, again, this is just a situation where I don't trust Chelsea. I don't trust them at minus 115 against a side that just beat them. And their last win, their only win for what, like two months came against a lead side? Like, come on. I just like, I don't think they're deserving of this price. I think plus 300 is ridiculous uh, for Dortmund, and I've taken it. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, I really went back and forth here because everybody that's listened to the show knows how I feel about Chelsea, knows how I feel about Graham Potter, um, knows how I feel about all the money that they spent. They mm -hmm. should get through this game. They should win this game. They should because 
They have no reason to care about the Premier League anymore. They have no other competitions that they should really give a damn about. And I got to tell you, dude, I'm not a believer in this Borussia Dortmund team. Generally, I love Dortmund. I love what mm-hmm. Dortmund uh, do. I'm just not a fan of this team. Outside of Jude Bellingham, I mean, you look at the team they started against Leipzig, right? In a massive game that ended up killing me, but that's fine. Their goalie, Meyer, he's fine. He's average. Wolf left back. Nicolas Sula is fat and old. Schlotterback, I'm not a fan of. He's just too freaking slow. Ryerson is a right back. Emery Chan, who's like 75 by now. Uh, Julian Brandt, who's old and constantly injured. Jude Bellingham, superstar. Manchester City should go get him. Uh, Ozkan, Marco Royce, who's been there forever and he's an injury waiting to happen. And then Sebastian Haller on top. I mean, that's just the starting 11. And of course, there'll be some rotation as well. But I'm just saying, man, I, I look at this team and this isn't like your typical Borussia Dortmund team that's just dripping with the young talent. Like, they don't do it for me. Like, I don't trust this team. And while I don't trust Chelsea, Chelsea's team is so much better. So much better. And at home, you're going to have angry fans. Grand Potter is now going to be coaching for his job. I'm actually taking Chelsea on the money line. And I'm, like, barely confident in it. Barely confident that these bozos can win this game. Well, let's let's think about this, right? Because you do say that I totally agree with you. Dortmund is not the, you know normal side that they are with a bunch of exciting young talent that's a bit raw uh they definitely have some more veterans than they normally do but when you say that they are less talented than chelsea i can definitely see where you're coming from in that regard but when you look at chelsea's lineup that they put out at the weekend sterling garbage i know you like him but he is trash kai havertz trash joe felix coming into his own you know, he is going to be extremely good. He's not there yet, but definitely a very, very solid talent. Ben Chilwell, no thank you. Kovacic, I'm not a fan. I just, no thanks. Enzo Fernandez, great, but still needs to come into his own. Hasn't gotten there yet. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I think can be good, can be bad, but definitely a solid talent. Fofana, I'm not a fan of. Uh, Koulibaly, I do like, but he's still a bit raw. And Badiashili, I Again, I think he was just whatever. a buy. I, I, whatever. I'm just not inspired by too much talent there. Like, if you're going to tell me, you know, uh, Marco Royce and Julian Brandt, uh, you know, are going to come up, <clears throat> pardon me, and Holler are going to come up against Kai Havertz, Sterling, and Joe Felix, like, yeah, I'll take Dortmund. Because also, they know how to win as a unit. They've been playing together for a long time. They have much better chemistry and much better coaching, in my opinion. So, Again, like I can definitely agree with you that this is a Dortmund side that's a lot weaker than sides of old, but I just don't like this Chelsea side, and I sure as hell don't like them at a minus price against a team that just beat them. Yeah, one thing I will point out, though, uh, if you do like Chelsea in this matchup, do not take them to advance because the odds that I'm looking at here, in order for this to go to extra time, reminder, there's no away goals. So in order to get to extra time, uh, they have to win the game. So to win the game, they're minus 115. To advance, they're plus 115. If they go to extra time, I mean, to advance, they'll be like, what, minus 150-ish in that range? I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, like in that range, minus 150 to minus 170, depending on how the game goes. Like in that general vicinity, what I'm getting at is if you Mm. think that they're going to advance, what I recommend you do, bet the money line, cash the money line ticket, take that money and put them on to advance right before extra time because you'll get a much bigger return than you will. Um, if you just bet them to advance. Yeah. I mean, I don't like them to advance, but if you do, 
then that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just a way to get better odds and stuff. Don't don't be a wise guy. Don't be a wise guy. Yeah. All right? I'm in I'm in no mood for this. I've lost 13 straight weeks. <laughs> I don't want to hear this shit. Since last night, I am 0 for 13. I'm 0 for 13. Wow. Dude, yes. it has been an incredible let's, let's fucking turn it around. Let's do it. I'm trying, but like I'm trying, and then like, you know. I finally blew off some steam, and now I'm like, all right, good vibes only, good vibes only. Like, come on, today's going to be a great day. Boom, my guy gets broken. Like, this is just miserable. Like, this is just – it's not for the faint of heart. But, listen, let's keep going here. Maybe we'll find a winner by accident at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bayern Munich, PSG. This is obviously the biggest biggest tie of them all. Um, for PSG, obviously no Neymar. Mbappe seems to be getting healthier, though, which is obviously the key factor. Um, now, Byron went into Paris. They won the first leg 1-0. You tell me, PSG winning this? So, I don't know if they win it, but again, like, I think this whole slate is full of wild prices. Like, to have PSG on the double chance be even money, it just, like, it screams to me that you have to take this. Like, I personally love PSG to be able to get something out of this and maybe send it to extra time. Um, but they're going to be pushing for it. If Mbappe is healthy, that's what really matters to me. I'm not as big a believer that, you know, Neymar is the one changing the game there. Uh, but when you look at how the last game went, as soon as Mbappe came on, he affected the entire game. There should have been a goal there. It was, like, millimeters offside uh from Militao in the build-up I just think that this is a Paris Saint-Germain side that has the talent to be able to compete with a definitely aging Bayern Munich side and Bayern Munich again their striking position is just questionable at best they don't really know who they're playing they don't know who the best lineup is so I think it's wild to give the even money on Paris just to not lose uh, obviously they'll be pushing to get a goal here, but I think it's well worth uh, a shot. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, this is not the same Bayern Munich team that we all know and love. Um, and, you know, we just talked about Borussia Dortmund, how Borussia Dortmund's not the same, right? Yeah. And this is a lesser Borussia Dortmund team that we're used to seeing. And guess what? Borussia Dortmund are even on points with Bayern Munich at 49 points on top of the Bundesliga. And mm. before last weekend, Union Berlin was tied with them too. And I love Union Berlin, but Union Berlin has no business to be in a league table tied with Bayern Munich, right? Like this yeah. team is just not as good as people think they are. They're older. They don't have any creativity moving forward outside of Jamal Musiala, who's a superstar in the making. Uh, I've gone on this rant before, but the fact that Triple Moting is starting up top is an absolute disgrace for Bayern Munich and their fans. Uh, and they really don't have any options coming off the bench. I mean, Sadio Mane came on for a few minutes the other day. He's obviously the clear-cut answer. How long is he going to be able to play? And frankly, people were talking about Bayern Munich just dominating the game and creating all these chances against PSG last time out. Uh, newsflash, people. Body could have easily won that game. Okay, if yeah. Donnarumma makes that save, which he should have saved, the one for the goal, that yeah. ball's right at him. He should 100% have that. And if Kylian Mbappe is another millimeter onside, hey, that's one nothing, uh, buddy. So what I'm doing here is I am going to take PSG plus half a goal. I love it. But I'm actually going to go a little bit bigger on them to advance to a plus 360. I, hmm. I think PSG is going to shock everybody. And more importantly, like, you again, I hate saying this because you know you don't want to be accusatory, but you know, a little little wink wink there from the mm. from the refs, like you know, they really want to push this messy for Ballon d'Or one last time. Okay, don't forget about him, don't forget about the narrative. Um, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, gambling is, you know, you you try and keep emotion out of it. And at the end of the day, you you work on numbers and you work on statistics and you work on likelihood likelihood of outcomes. And to say that paracentral men are three times less likely than Munich to get anything out of this game is just wild. So, yeah, I mean, I also believe that watching the last game, there were massive you know, aspects of Bayern Munich that I like. There were periods of very, you know, intense Munich dominance. But again, once Mbappe came on from 60 minutes to the end of the game, Munich were barely holding on with their lives. Yep. Pavard got the red, so he won't be playing. I just think this is an opportunity for PSG to, uh, you know, show their class. And if Mbappe is in, you have to play it. Like, you know, in my opinion, it's he's 100%. a game difference maker. One last game this week in the Champions League. Uh, this is the one that I'm looking forward to the most. AC Milan, Tottenham. I can't wait for this. Milano, you have my heart. Go and stomp out Tottenham like they deserve. I'm all over AC Milan here, plus half a goal. I mean, listen, this is a team that's just dripping with talent that nobody knows about because nobody ever watches the City. Uh, I mean, and if you look at their side against Fiorentino over the weekend, nobody was really playing. There was no Rafa Leal. I think Sandro Tonali, this is going to be a breakout game for him. He's going to dominate the midfield against a bad uh, midfield for Tottenham that may have to start Oliver Skip. Disgusting. It is disgusting to see what Tottenham have become. Uh, And again, you have a Tottenham team that lost 1-0 to Sheffield United, who had six players missing. Then they go out and lose to Wolves, like we told you that they would. You're welcome. Um, they haven't scored in their last two games. You have Milan. They're very, very good. In uh, I've actually watched the last few games, and i got to tell you, Manion, their goalie, mm. is really seeing the ball well. Every goal that's gone past him, he's had no chance to stop. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to be a difference maker, and I'm all over Milan. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hate that we're agreeing on these last two games as much as we are, but I couldn't agree more. I just, again, it's like with me and Chelsea, right? What have you seen from Spurs that gives you any sort of confidence going up against a competent side? Like, you know, you look at Chelsea, you look at Spurs and their performances are so lackluster. The difference with Spurs is that they're a bit more of a roller coaster. Like they will get a win. I mean, they've been on a tragic losing streak now, so they'll probably beat Milan like 4-0 or some shit. But I cannot put my money on that team. I think that they just have something really inherently wrong going on at the club. Uh, you know, I outside of if Manchester United wasn't stealing the headlines of losing 7-0 at Anfield, which rightfully so, it should steal all the headlines. But I think you'd be hearing a lot more about what the fuck is going on with this Spurs side. I mean, losing 1-0 to Wolves, losing to an entirely rotated Sheffield United squad. I don't get it. Uh, and that just leads me to that I have two parlays. One is for the tiniest bit of cupcake rainbow sprinkles. Uh, but I just think it's well worth it. This is... First one, I'm parlaying every single game, Benfica on the money line, and then Dortmund, PSG, and Milan on the double chance. You parlay all four of those together, it's nine to one. Absolutely love that because I, you know, it gives you a lot of flexibility with Milan, PSG, and Dortmund. But another one that I have put just a tiny sprinkle on at 56 to one, or excuse me, 57 to one is Dortmund, PSG, and Milan all on the money line. Parlay those three together. Again, this is a massive. 57 to one chance. I'm not saying put the house on it. I'm not saying this is guaranteed to hit. If you want to get crazy with money, just throw it on the double chance instead. But I genuinely believe that all three of these teams have more than a good chance of winning these games. 
And from what I've seen from their opponents, hey, it's worth it's worth a sprinkle to me. That, my friend, is called BDE. Do you know well, what BDE is? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. Right. I've heard of it. Yeah, well, we're kind of old now, so we're not really up to the lingo, but yeah, just wanted to make sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Those of you that don't know, go to Urban Dictionary. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, Europa League, not a whole lot I like in these first legs. I generally yeah. like seeing how the first couple legs – uh, sorry, how the first leg kind of plays out, and then I like playing it on the second leg. One yep. play I actually do like, though, and it's actually against your team. I kind of like Real Betis. I think this line is a bit much here for Manchester United coming off that 7-0, 7-0 loss. Um, I feel like a lot of people are expecting Manchester United to come out and be fired up, ready to go, and you know, come out and stomp at these. But in reality, I think Ten Hag realizes that it seems really tired at the moment that they need a break almost. I think you're going to see a heavily rotated side with a lot of young guys in there. Um, and this Real Betis team is very talented. They just got a nil-nil draw against Real Madrid over the weekend. Uh, they have been on fire. I believe they have 13 points in their last – nope, sorry. They got 10 points in their last four games. Um, th- this is a really dangerous side here. I'm going to take them on the double chance at plus 180. Fair enough. I mean, I would say – with the. I have two bets that I've already looked at, but again, like you said, I kind of like waiting on the first leg. Um, But one of them is in the Manchester United game and it's on Manchester United uh, minus one, just because of the fact they're at home and and Old Trafford has been, you know, definitely their preferred place to play. But also I think if you want to bet that wait uh, until later in the week, because this seven nil is not going away. It's going to dominate headlines, dominate social media, and that'll infect people's uh, betting outright, or excuse me, their betting slips. That'll affect uh, the way these books look at the game. I think that we're going to see this number drop. I do not think it's going to stay at minus. I see minus 235 on Manchester United. I would be very surprised if that didn't go under minus 200 by kickoff. So you'll be able to get a better price. Uh, but like I said, this seven nil is hanging around. And I do think that Betis uh, is a perfect opportunity for kind of a get your head right, get your shit together type of game. But it's a nervy play. That's I mean, I'm very nervous about this game now because of what just happened. And rightfully so. I think everyone else will be and they'll be doing what you do and take Betis on the double chance or take them plus one. So I would wait. That number will come better um, later in the week. Uh, another thing that I am taking, though, that I've already pardon me, that I've already put in there is uh, I do like the Arsenal and Sporting Lisbon game. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm taking the both teams to score at minus 125. No, no, I was going to bring that up because I actually like the under there a lot. Well, 1-1 is perfect then. Oh, man, yeah, but that's The books love the under, so you're probably more correct than I am, but Arsenal are not a defensive force as we saw at the weekend. Yeah, Sporting kind of are, though. Sporting are really good defensively. I mean, three straight clean sheets. Um, They've done a nice job in the Europa League, kind of just mitigating, making sure that nothing stupid Mm. happens. They're very, very good defensively. Uh, And Arsenal, I'm expecting a heavily rotated side because, as you already pointed out, they're focused on the league. They don't give a damn about the Europa League, nor should they. Nor should they in this position. I don't think they should. I mean, like, if you're an Arsenal fan and you're like, hey, would you rather win the Prem or win the fucking Europa League? Not even a question. Come on. I don't know. Those fans are kind of dumb. Um. Oh man! All right. Uh, one last play that I like. I like Freiburg plus half a goal against Juventus. You can get a plus money here. Juventus are just not good. 
that's just the reality of the situation. They are not very good. You have a Freiburg team that's very good defensively. They had allowed one goal in the last three games in the Bundesliga. That is an accomplishment because the Bundesliga is a very fast-paced league. Um, they've been very stable defensively. They're very good at defending one-on-one as well. Um, Juventus really don't have anybody capable of going one-on-one and winning a matchup. So I'm expecting a low-scoring game. I'm happy to take Freiburg plus half goal there. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so. We got a couple minutes left here. I do want to play a little bit of a game with you. All right. All right. So let's go. Let's talk. Premier League pounds spent per point this season. Okay. Okay. Now. Pounds spent per point. Ooh, let me bring up the table real quick. Yes. Bring up the table. All right. Got it. All right. So again, Premier League, Premier League pounds spent per point. Her point. Exclusively in transfer fees, though. We're not taking into account salaries, correct? I just I just got a table that says spending per point. So that's where we're going. All with. right. All right. Number one. Who do you think number one is? This is going to be very surprising. I would have guessed Chelsea. Uh, okay. So we're I'm talking about the least spent per point. Oh, least spent per point. Excuse me. Number one, least spent per point. Well, I guess you'd have to go Arsenal because a lot of it's homegrown. No, Arsenal are actually seventh. Oh, wow. 2.85 million spent per point. They're seventh. Wow. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I Maybe, I mean, Newcastle brought a lot of people in, I guess. Well, no, they didn't. Per point. So it's got to be one of these lower ones. Uh, Brentford. I nailed it. That is impressive, bro. Yeah. Brentford sitting atop 1.31 million pounds per point. Wow. Oh, I, I would have never guessed Brentford. Well done. Well, I mean, you have to assume like their budget is so small, yet they're, you know, sitting ninth in the table. That was that. I can't believe you got that. I thought we were going to sit here for an hour. Count it. You want to go for number two? Yes. Brighton. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Are you cheating? No, I'm literally just looking at the table and being like, who shouldn't be in the top half? That's impressive, bro. 1.4 million uh, pounds per point. Number three? Let's keep, it, let's keep it rolling. I mean, I hmm, like I want to say Fulham, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say Forest. Oh, no, no, no. Forest is toward the bottom. They're 16. Right. Yikes. Fulham, I'm gonna, I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this for you. Fulham is full. Right. Fulham is okay. Full. Very good guess. Who then? I'm gonna need you to guess. I can't spoil it. All right, all right. Uh I mean, no, they just spent a grip of money. Can't be them. Jesus. This is I guess Spurs? Ew, no, dude. I have no idea. Crystal Palace, 1.52 million. Fulham, 1.62 million. The next one is an absolute shocker. Leicester, 1.79 million. And they suck. I told y'all they were getting relegated. Y'all didn't believe me. Now you're going to start to believe me. Six, though. Six is where things get a little frisky and get me feeling a little something-something here. Because (laughs) my Manchester City, who just bad championships, and they spend so much money. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Sixth, okay, two point four two million pounds per point. 
Actually, behind Arsenal. Arsenal spend more money per point than Manchester City does. So y'all can suck it, okay? Arsenal are the one that buy championships. But, um, so 19... I mean, but you're talking about this year. Like, I mean, you didn't bring no, in no, no, any No, no, we're just talking this year. Don't, don't, don't fuck up my flow. Don't fuck up my flow. <laughs> 19th is West Ham spending $7.48 million Jesus. Uh, per point. And 20th is, yes, it is Chelsea. And Chelsea spend... 17.48 million per point. No. Oh my god, are you fucking serious? Yeah, man. 17 million per point? 17 and a half million per oh point. Oh my god. Oh disgusting. Dude, that is that is 17 million. Oh my god. Jesus, you could buy a club. In the fucking goodbye, Rexham division per point. Goodbye, Rexham. Oh my god. So, wait, okay. So, obviously, I know Manchester United should be pretty far down there because of we've had a couple of big transfers this year. So, what are they like 15? Manchester United are 14th with 14. Okay. Or 1 million per pound. Yeah. Uh, Not great, but I get it. And then, what about I assume Liverpool has to be pretty high up there. Like are they are they around like 17, 18? Liverpool are ninth with three oh, okay. one three million. Hmm. I guess so, to be fair, they only brought in Nunez Gapco. Cody Gapco, man, what a what a game he had. His first goal and his second goal were just class. I mean, you you take the emotion out of how horrible it was to watch. Damn, those were just incredible individual skill goals. Uh, the the header, by the way, from Nunez for the from fifth Nunez, one. Nunez, yeah. Every one of their goals was spectacular. By the way, every one was delicious. I mean, no, nah, there were the last three were just like bouncing around like a fucking pinball in the box. But again, like I, I would argue this. I would say this for Liverpool, everything fell to them, but that you still got to finish it and put yourself in a position to be there. It's like how I feel about Arsenal and Kaiosaka is like the ball ends up at his feet. That's not by accident. Even if it's a fluffed clearance, he had to be in the right space. But the last four goals were equal parts, everything going right for Liverpool, everything going wrong for United, but also the emotion. Liverpool believed and they were saying, we're going to get another, we know we are. And Manchester United also believed they were going to keep conceding. It fucking was horrendous. But those first four goals were just stunning. And and Salah, perfect example, that Salah's first goal for 5-0, that came, a fluffed clearance that came directly onto his foot, what a strike. Yeah. What a strike. Off the crossbar. No chance for De Gea. Can't really blame De Gea for too many of those goals. But I was going to say, I feel bad for De Gea yesterday. Like, he feel was, bad for any keeper there, in a 7-0, like, man. Like, I, cool, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll just, I'll just sit here and just, you know, yeah. pick my butt cheeks. Uh, all right, everybody. That's pretty much it. Touchline Band Podcast. In, out, reviewed everything. We gave you some picks for the uh, for Champions League. We, we got a lot going on next weekend, yep. all right? Hey, and one game today, if uh, you are listening in time, I just got one play for you. Brentford at home, fantastic force. I'm taking Brentford team total over one and a half at plus 110. Fulham plus half a goal. Sign me up, coach. I'm ready to play. Get Let's Fulham get a 2-2 two, two draw. Ooh, I dig it. All right, that's pretty much it, folks. We're out of here. It has been a pleasure. We'll see you on Friday.